podcast episode. Woo! It's your favorite neuroscience podcasters, Anu Kumar and Madeline MacArthur. In case you forgot, I'm Anu Kumar. And I'm Madeline MacArthur. And this is Bridging the Synapse. So today, we're going to talk about colds, which is fitting because I have one. (laughs) Uh, And you've had one for like a week now. Yeah, this has been going on since like last Wednesday, but it's cool. We're going with it. It's only fitting that I talk about how I got this cold. Yes, Anu, how do you get a cold? (laughs) Well, colds, they're wonderful little things. Mm. You you get them uh, through viruses. So viruses can be spread from person to person as well as from objects onto people, right? So if you have the virus, uh, sometimes you may or may not get a cold. Um, If your body has already seen that version of the virus before, your white blood cells will be able to fight it off pretty well. If someone has a virus, they can, like, if they sneeze on you or touch a doorknob and you get sneezed on or touch that particular doorknob and it's not a virus that your body has seen before, then you get that virus and you have a cold. Great. Yeah, it's great. I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me, but that's okay. (laughs) So what happens whenever a virus actually enters your body and you get a cold, right? So you receive an infection in your body and that infection causes your body to like go into overdrive to try and get this virus out. We don't want this virus in here. We want it to get out. We need this body to stay healthy. That's what your immune system is responsible for. And in order to help this response, you have an increase of cytokines. And cytokines are like these little tiny proteins as opposed to large proteins. (laughs) Cytokines they are proteins that are responsible in cell signaling and cell communication. So cytokines are responsible for telling one cell to go to this particular place and do this particular job. So they just like let them know, hey, you gotta go here and you gotta do this. So cytokines are the boss. Kinda like that, yeah. So they're propagated whenever you have an infection. Cytokines are also the reason why you have some of the responses that you do when you have a cold. So like increased mucus production, um, as well as runny noses, sometimes a scratchy throat, watery eyes. So you can thank cytokines for trying to make your life easier, but also blame them for simultaneously making your life a little bit more difficult. But that's all right. Um, So like I said, colds are caused by these viruses. And if they're a virus that your body has seen before, then your white blood cells are super efficient at taking them out. They eat them up and they destroy them and everything's all good. But if they're a brand new virus, such as like a flu virus, there's usually like a new strain every single season Mm because viruses mutate very quickly and very often. Um, The white blood cells are not gonna recognize this foreign invasion as a virus, right? They're gonna pause for a second and probably like think to themselves, what is this? And by that time, it's already too late. (laughs) So you gotta, you gotta act now, ask questions later. But (laughs) there are actually certain situations that put you in a more vulnerable position to get a cold. Mm -hmm. If you're like me and stay out in the rain and in the cold weather a lot, that is one situation that uh, caused you to get a cold. So cold weather doesn't actually like boom you have a virus you know you're not you're not always going to get a virus or a cold when you step out into cold 
wet weather. That would be terrible. Yes, it would be. It would be so terrible. (laughs) Um, But the flu virus and I think other kinds of virus um, have, they're more resilient. Their encasing is a lot thicker. It's harder whenever it's uh, colder out. So they can survive for longer periods of time. Um, So usually a virus lives and um, multiplies whenever it's in a host body or like if it's like if someone has a virus that person is considered like the host body right and so viruses don't they don't really like survive on their own which is Mm -hmm. why they're mostly like transmitted from person to person so um this this just like makes them more resilient when that like in that transfer in that cold weather which really sucks (laughs) but Another thing um, that a few researchers are looking at are to see if cold weather or colder temperatures actually reduces the quickness in your response from your immune system. So there was this one study that was done with mice about trying to look and see if temperature affected whether or not they would get sick when they were exposed to a certain virus, right? And so the researchers noted that the mice who were in who were in cages that were at colder temperatures um, were more susceptible at getting the virus versus mice who were in the room temperature cases, cases cages or the hot temperature cases, the warm mm-hmm. temperature cages, right? So there's there still needs to be a little bit more uh, research done about this because that is like a really, really solid claim to make that cold that cold temperatures causes your immune system to like be suppressed or something like that. Like that's a pretty like intense claim. So we need to make sure we have a lot more research to back it up. But this research is very promising in that, you know, maybe your mother was right all along that like if you go outside, you're going to catch cold. I mean, yeah, but also I wonder about, you know, when people say like their doctor prescribed that they go away (laughs) to a warmer weather to the Bahamas or something. (laughs) Maybe that's true. It's also like a form of escapism probably. But that's for another episode. That's another episode, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely like to go to the Bahamas right now. It's That'd be a nice. lot warmer there. <laughs> so how does this affect the brain? Well, I can tell you from personal experience, in a very poor way, <laughs> I'm having so much trouble like concentrating and just like forming cohesive thoughts, much oh, less no. cohesive sentences. <laughs> you know. I'm not like I don't have the flu. At least I don't think I have it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I know, like, for me, it's so hard to just concentrate when yeah, I'm sick. Yeah. I feel so lethargic, and I just feel so unmotivated. Um, I also am just, like, hungry a lot whenever I'm... Oh, whenever yeah. I'm, This, like, decline in mental clarity has been proposed that um, it's possibly caused by this, like, increase in cytokines. That these are the cytokines that... Sorry, these are the, the things that are making us think in a more sluggish fashion. You're right. And that it's possible that the cytokines are getting in the way of neurotransmission in between neurons. So it's like it's like not preventing the neurons from talking to each other and functioning, but like maybe slowing it down or making it not as efficient. Okay. They're not like blocking any like ion channels from these neurotransmitters to like go from the presynaptic cell to the postsynaptic postsynaptic cell, but it's kind of like if you're at a party and you're trying to take care of your drunk friend and they're just like like going all over the place and 
you're trying to like chase after them and they just keep on like bumping into people right so like the other people are all the neurotransmitters and your drunk friends the cytokine he's he or she is just, <laughs> is just like oh i'm sorry didn't mean to like knock that drink out of your hand by bumping into you oh sorry didn't mean to knock over that trash can and prevent you from going to the bathroom kind of thing yeah so i mean i I don't think a drunk person would actually form all of those kind of sentences, but... That'd be a very polite drunk person. <laughs> right. But that's essentially kind of like what is hypothesized from like this increase in cytokines that are in... that are just floating around in your brain, just like doing their thing. They're like your drunk friend at a party. Um, kind of like not... They're, you're, they're not preventing this person from using the bathroom, but they've definitely made it a little bit harder for that person okay. to enter that bathroom. You know what I mean? Right. Wow, that's super interesting. <laughs> um, there's also a 2012 study that was published in the research journal Brain, Behavior, and Immunity, um, and it looked at two different groups of people, one healthy group of people and one group of people that had a cold, just like a common cold. And they had them both perform, both groups performed cognitive tasks. And they found that the group who had the cold had a decreased amount of alertness and slower reaction times, as well as they had more trouble learning brand new information in comparison to the group of healthy people. So that kind of that kind of goes with a lot of the symptoms of just like having a cold, that mental fog that yeah, you would have. It makes sense. Yeah. I know in a cold I would definitely or if I was uh if I had a cold I would definitely not be able to want to do anything, just curl up in bed and sleep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. So pivoting slightly from talking about the common cold, but still this like cold weather and it feeling really just yucky outside. Um, let's talk about seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder or sad. As, <laughs> sad. It's called sad. It's called sad. And it is sad. Um, and you feel sad or rather you feel very drained of energy and you feel just generally moody. And when I say moody, I mean in a way that's like, you're easily irritated mm -hmm. or you like little things can set you off and maybe I'm just talking about me but like uh you generally just like are moody like whatever you think of that you're moody not in a sense that you're like totally irrational but it just little things can set you off mm -hmm. and usually um se uh, seasonal depression starts and ends around the same time every year so again like winter months slash fall months um but it's not as common in like the spring or the summer mm -hmm. every now and then it is but mostly during the winter months just because it's cold it looks dreary outside um and you get this like drain energy feeling mm -hmm. um so some of the common symptoms that happen when you have um, seasonal depression or when you experience it uh you tend to oversleep because it's darker usually for longer amounts of the day mm -hmm. rather than there being uh sun outside you see some appetite changes so you really start craving those foods that are high in carbohydrates, like some chips or bread or whatnot. Oh, I love bread so much. Yeah, I gotta get that bread. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's that's what the kids are saying nowadays. That's what the kids are saying. Um, and from that, you know, maybe bread, chips, whatever you're eating, um, you might see weight gain. Mm -hmm. And um, again, this you will also experience like tiredness or just low energy. So again, just mm -hmm. feeling drained. Um, so all that adding up, um just comes to like kind of a sluggish person yeah 
um, which happens, it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And this also largely affects people um, diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. Um, and I say this because those manic uh, episodes that uh, people experience is um, can sometimes be, the manic can be like heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one interesting fact that I found when researching this disorder was that if you live far away from the equator, you have like a higher likely, I don't know if it's a higher likelihood, but you have a, uh, it's a much larger effect to feel like seasonal depression or feel, um, you know, the sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I know my sister and my brother, they live up in Alaska Mm -hmm. and they definitely, I've talked to them about it. I'm like, Oh, you know, what's it like? Like only having, you know, maybe at little as one hour, maybe at most three hours of sun each day. And I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's definitely hard. Um, a couple things that they do is they definitely take vitamins. So mm-hmm. they take like vitamin D, which you would usually get from the sun, but up in Alaska, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, they also take melatonin to help them sleep. And they also have like regular workout routines, mm-hmm. regular exercise to help keep them fit and in shape. Um, so just going on some preventative care, some self care to maybe help with, um, like, during these winter months, maybe helping yourself feel better. Um, One thing I know I like to do is I bought an alarm clock that actually is like a light therapy clock. Mm -hmm. It helps wake you up like the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I also do is I take melatonin if I really can't sleep at night um, to just help, you know, get to bed and have like a good full night's sleep and not Mm -hmm. like a restless sleep. Yeah. Especially during these winter months, one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to ignore how you feel. You don't want to ignore that maybe you feel sad, maybe you feel sluggish. Like, take action before these winter months happen. Like, if you know that you regularly don't feel well, um, maybe, like, do some food prep. Get a workout schedule going. um, Get an alarm clock that wakes you up like the sun. Or maybe uh, purchase some melatonin, whatever you think could help you, Mm -hmm. um, just some preventative care and also just self-care. This isn't a bad, bad thing to just kind of get going before the winter months settle in for good. Um, and then if like these symptoms persist to like a point where it's like for multiple days, it's, it's very bad that you're not in a good place. Of course, like see your doctor Mm -hmm. for the symptoms that we mentioned above. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important that we do stay kind of like aware whether or not you're feeling the sad or just sad. Yeah, I think it's really important to be aware of whenever you feel like the sad, like yep. seasonal affective disorder, as well as just feeling sad. It's it's just really important to listen to yourself and kind of know which direction your behaviors tend to lean toward whenever you are feeling tired and kind of getting irritated easily when Mm -hmm. you're feeling lethargic and just not eating enough or eating too much oversleeping not sleeping enough all that sort of stuff um because it really just like not um sad seasonal affective disorder doesn't really affect everybody it's not guaranteed to affect everybody and even the people that does affect it doesn't affect them in the same way exactly you know right um and yeah and i think I know for me, I always get just, like, super lethargic and, like, easily, like, tired and worn Mm -hmm. out during the winter months. And it's, like, during the spring and the summer, I'm just, like, ready to go. Like, all the time, 110% of the time. I know that, like, we talked about this earlier, Madeline. It's, like, the opposite for you. I always find that the sun 
zaps me of my energy and I'm also allergic to heat so I don't quite enjoy spending a lot of time out in the sun because there's always that possibility that I might you know break out into hives yeah in which case that's just not going to be fun for me um so that's also kind of why I maybe I like the cold a little bit more it kind of just gets me going it kind of gives me a little kick in the rear of like hey it's cold so might as well get moving right yeah I was also thinking about how you know it it, how it could be interesting that, like, depending on, I guess, like, where your heritage comes from, whether or not, like, you prefer, like, the warmer months versus the colder months. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know for me, like, um, like, both of my parents are from India, and, like, I have, like, South Asian heritage, and a lot of places, like, close to the equator, um, many of the people um, who have, like, like, growing up around those areas, like, over a very long period of time, like, through evolution, their skin has, like, gotten darker, and they've gotten more, like, melanin, like, in their skin. Right, right. And then so, and, like, in places that are, like, oh, like, further away from the equator, um, people usually have, like, much paler skin because they're able to, and that allows them to absorb the vitamin D from, like, the little sunlight that they're getting in those areas. hmm You know, so I thought that was... I don't know, I thought that was interesting just to, like, think about. Like, that that may be a reason why you might, like, could be. like the not the lack of sun, but, like, colder <laughs> weather a little bit more. And I'm just like, yes, summer, give me all of the heat. Yeah. I mean, our, our listeners can't see this, but I am very white. Very, <laughs> very white. Um, full-on Scottish and Polish heritage mm-hmm. all the way. So maybe that does have something to do with it. Um, I don't know. That would be an interesting topic to go into for another episode. Heck yeah. Bridging the Synapse is produced, edited, and written by us, Anu Kumar and Madeline MacArthur. Production assistance is provided by John Kennedy from The Daily Beacon. Music in this episode is from Pottington Bear. We release a new episode every other Wednesday. We also release one episode a month in conjunction with The Daily Beacon. You can contact us via our email, which is bridgingthesynapse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter, at SynapseBridge, and on Instagram, at Bridging the Synapse. For more information about this podcast and to check out what sources we use for this episode, visit us on Anchor or our Facebook page, which is Bridging the Synapse Podcast. We hope you've learned something new today, and we'll see you on the next episode.